0: What do we have here but another episode of the Loftus Party podcast? Hey, everybody, I am your host. My name is Michael, and I will be your comedic Sherpa through this auditory adventure. <laughs> what a week. What a giant, giant, crazy busy uh, by yours truly uh, all over the board. Great things happening. Wonderful stuff. Uh, however, it, it'll it'll explain this show a little bit. So I was very fortunate. I did a show, a uh, little fundraiser for Tunnels to Towers, Great uh, Tunnel to Towers. I want to make sure I said that correctly. Uh, did that in Jersey the other night. Met a ton of fans of this show and the YouTube channel and the website. So hey, you freaking awesome people! Thanks for listening. You're the greatest. It had an absolute blast. Great show, great cause. Couldn't have had a better time. So that was um that was uh what the heck? That was Friday night. Then Saturday, I uh drove over to Pennsylvania and did uh stand-up shows with uh with my pal, uh Joe DeVito, who ne- who needs to get back on this show, by the way. So we had an absolute blast in uh in Pennsylvania. At uh, at Soul Joel's, really good group of people, and they're putting on they're putting on some high quality comedy shows, and then uh, drove all day on Sunday, and usually that's uh, that's my podcast day, and then uh, this whole thing went down in Israel, and I'm still like, I get, I get, I become enraged, like there's no. Uh, for me, there's no, the, like, whatever. I can get enraged with you guys. That that would be awesome. I'm gonna talk about it uh, a little bit on the, the Patreon. I do the extra segment at the end. Uh, that's the Patreon. You can also catch that on Locals. Locals and uh, for the Patreon people. I, I'm gonna dip into it there a little bit, and we'll talk some pop culture stuff. So here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh, because this week is gonna be crazy as well. I'm gonna. This one today. Oh my gosh! I was like Joe Biden there. I got I got hair on my legs. It gets gets blonde in the sun. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do um uh, a little flashback best of show. We have interviews uh, with the delightful Cat Timpf. Cat Timpf was on the show. We're gonna. I'm gonna let you guys listen to that. Uh, It's fascinating, uh, her time in Los Angeles and starting with stand-up and going to New York and all that great stuff. So we've got uh, Kat Timpf on the show. And then also, my buddy Dave Landau. Uh, Dave Landau was on Louder with Crowder for years and the Kumia Network. And now he's doing stuff over at The Blaze and he's just a super funny dude. And he and Joe DeVito and I... We do a, a stand-up tour together, uh, American Misfits. So when we come to your town, you have to come out and see us. And uh, for everybody out there at at Soul Joel's and the, the Tunnel to Tower shows that came up and said hi, and can I get a... It's always cool to get a picture. It's always cool to say hi. I was delighted. I, I really, really enjoyed... Meeting everybody and hanging out for a little bit and talking. Uh, It was fantastic. So we're going to do a little uh, Cat Timph and uh, Dave Landau. And then we're going to go over to Patreon and Locals. You know how that goes. Actually, tune the guitar for the podcast. The Loftus Party Podcast. So hold on to your ass. We got Cat and Dave on the show. Fantastic! I will, I will see you guys over on uh, Patreon and locals enjoy Cat Timph and Dave Landau. Everybody. You guys, I can't believe it. Kat Timp is here. She is on the show. With we're, we're hitting for the cycle on this one. Kat, how's it going?
1: It's going great. Fantastic, even. <laughs> I, I
0: see. Here's the deal. After hanging out with you just for a little bit, I, I can only picture you like rolling your eyes. <laughs> just, no. So no. no, but you're having it. You're having a good day.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm having a pretty good day. Just sitting sitting in a chair. You know. Uh, Looking out the window, kind of hanging out, thinking about, you know, what kind of food I want to order because it's raining. I'm not going to go anywhere.
0: Dig it. That's that's uh, that was my brilliant tweet this morning. I'm like, what's for dinner? That's all I care about right now. I don't want to do anything. Okay, so big, exciting news for you. I want to get I want to get into um, like I never knew. I, I think I was I think I was doing your your show. Sincerely, Cat. Yeah. Uh, and I had no idea that you had ever lived in, in L.A. So just for our, our, our listeners really quick, uh, you grew up in Detroit, Michigan, right up the yes. road from me in Columbus, Ohio. So we're natural enemies. When did you move out to L.A.? And, and what were you what was the what was the plan? What was the big L.A. plan?
1: Oh, oh, wow. I had I had a very idiotic L.A. plan. Um, so I had an internship at Fox News in L.A., the bureau out there. And then I'd gotten into Columbia University and the plan was I was going to like use the stipend and live in L.A. in this apartment for the, you know, uh, June and July of the internship. And then for the last two weeks, I was going to live with my college boyfriend and then we were going to break up and I was going to move to New York. <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> that was the plan going out?
1: That was the plan. <laughs> like That was the predetermined plan. Wait
0: a minute. Did he know? Did he yeah. know? Okay, great. That's... He's now a
1: good friend of mine. So, but then I realized I didn't have enough money to go to Columbia University. Um, and I didn't want to take out this loan. I would never be able to pay back. So i are just going to like wait tables and keep having, doing internships. So then when I was supposed to move out after two weeks, I just didn't. Okay. I just didn't. We never talked about it. I just didn't leave. Um, might be really? shocking. We did break up. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, that was the plan, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Just foisting a live-in relationship on another person actually didn't work out. Um, <laughs> and then I, like, you know, lived in this horrible apartment in Long Beach. And then I eventually lost that an apartment, and you know, was kind of couch surfing, moved in with a random Colombian family. What Did were you doing best-
0: for? What were you doing for money?
1: Uh, I was waiting tables. I had to where,
0: meet- where, where,
1: where? Oh. Uh, Well, first the Four and Twenty Diner in Sherman Oaks. Nice, I know that one. Yeah, (laughs) and then I then California Pizza Kitchen in Long Beach.
0: Sweet. Now, why the big move down to Long Beach? That's a big one from Sherman Oaks because I'm I'm in uh, I'm a Studio City guy. That's that's my Four and Twenty right there. A lot of people on the East Coast don't know about how the deliciousness that is the Four and Twenty.
1: Delicious. Well, because I was also got a job traffic doing traffic reporting. Mm Hmm. And um. Cam, can you blow your nose elsewhere? Thank you. Um,
0: (laughs) That's great. That's great. We got a little insight into into the personal life and how it works.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, So, (laughs) and then i that was in Orange County, so I kind of wanted to be, like, in the middle. Yeah. I don't know.
0: So... So how, how long did you – see, here's another thing I'm learning. I didn't know you did traffic reporting in L.A. There's a SIG alert on the 405. Did you say that all the time?
1: Oh, yeah. That was definitely <laughs> me. Um, I was laid off after six months from that job, though, because I was not good at it in terms, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of, like, actually giving correct directions.
0: That's hilarious. Um, That's I was hilarious. not
1: good at it. Somebody now, just connected to our Bluetooth in this apartment and is playing like club music and we don't know how to turn off. Okay. That's great. It was like, what is that's, that? I was like, that's not my music and it's not your music.
0: That's the kind yeah, of surreal so, moment I was expecting.
1: Yeah. I was like, expecting when, a blow why is your nose somewhere
0: far? else and just random club music.
1: Yeah. I was like, but yeah. So I, I gave wrong directions a lot, which is an important <laughs> part of the job is that you don't do that. Yeah. So. So I was laid off, and I was devastated. I was like, "I'm never gonna have another job in broadcasting." That sucks to get fired. And um, so then I moved to DC, and I was a web editor at the Washington Times. So we're getting a campus reform. Started doing some guest stuff on Fox, and I met Greg Gutfeld.
0: Okay, hold on. That was that was the that was the speed read there, sister. Yeah. So. So you were doing other stuff in LA. Well, we right. got to talk about. We got to talk about the stand up. I was got, doing
1: stand up. Yeah, that's
0: that's where you started, yeah. Or had you yeah. done had you I done, done stand up like in college?
1: Michigan, but like that's where I really started.
0: Now whereabouts in Michigan? What club? What club there?
1: Like Mark Ridley's, and then like like bar stuff.
0: Mark Ridley's. Did you ever play uh, a club called Chaplins, either the East or the West? No. Yeah. Once upon a time, this is how old I am. Uh, there there used to be two Chaplains comedy clubs. D- Detroit, a great comedy scene. Great comedy scene in Detroit. There was a Chaplains East and a Chaplains West. And one was in an old bowling alley. And it was just absolutely huge. I think it was Chaplains West. Do you do you, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Or am no. I talking about like the freaking Old Testament?
1: No, I don't actually.
0: Okay. So, so... It was this old bowling alley that they had this guy converted into a nightclub and giant uh comedy club. And it was he thought it would be classy to have people valet park. So you would you would roll up into this really What? Big- I'm not kidding you.
1: This is great. This is like this is this is from the comedy Bible. So, you can't just make a place classy by having someone park your car. Exactly. There can be a place there can, <laughs> you know, that can actually be. I I mean, speaking of some, t- you know, places around the Detroit area, you don't want anyone else getting in your car. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> you know? so it was uh it was an easy club to bomb at. And as legend has it, Jeff Foxworthy was playing there. And he was having a really, really horrible week. He was just eating it night after night, and he called up his buddy uh, Vic Henley. I don't know. Did you ever work with Vic in New York?
1: Mm-mm, no.
0: Yeah, Vic, uh, funny guy, Southern guy. Was was he passed away a few years ago? But big in the comedy scene. He wrote all the he wrote all the uh, You might be a redneck joke. Yes. So, but okay. that's where that started. So Foxworthy called up his buddy Vic, and he's like, "Man, I'm eating it every night. They're looking at me like I'm a redneck." I'm playing in a, a a bowling alley. I'm playing a bowling alley in Detroit with valet parking. Hey, if your bowling alley has valet parking, yeah. you might be the redneck, and that's where that's true.
1: Yeah, <laughs> true.
0: Yeah. So, so you started. I'm, I'm. I had. I'm sorry for that little piece of comedy history. So mm. you started in, in Detroit. So now you're at you're in L.A. You give horrible directions. You have no yes. idea about local traffic. And you're just telling people to go on random random streets which i would just I miss love that like so i much. would be
1: like there'd be a, a road that i was that, that had a like you know i was supposed to say avoid it but i would say take it I was just <laughs> pretty, which is which is a pretty important difference i would Sabotage. say but like i i can't believe i lasted six months i think it's because like they thought i have like i had like a really interesting radio voice and i was still smoking cigarettes at the time like you know now i'm like vape life for life but i was still smoking cigarettes so it was like kind of like this, like it was like, you, you know, yeah. it was quite sexy. <laughs> very much
0: so. So so you're you, you get fired from that job. Is that when you start doing stand
1: up or had no, you I start I started, started of- really leading into stand up with me and the guy I, who I fo- who I who whom I had foisted a live in relationship on. We broke up. I like I cannot stress this enough. I had no friends in L.A. Like I didn't know anybody except for this guy.
0: I find so that very I, hard to believe.
1: I didn't, well, I made friends, because I also needed to, at a certain juncture, find places to live, so I I needed to have some of those, (laughs) but um, I just, you know, I didn't have like plans, I would just go to open mics, I would just, you know, start doing that, and kind of, you know, I was broke, I was alone, and I found it like helpful to just laugh about it, and make jokes about it, and yeah. um, I even saw like one of my old sets, everything's like, you know, not, I don't have my stand up on YouTube because I just don't feel like it's, I don't know. I I just don't, I'd rather people see live. I mean, I have clips, but I have, I was found one like that was like this private YouTube clip where I'm like 22 and I have like a bow in my hair and I'm talking about how broke I am. And like it's just was a weird trip to watch it like ten years later. Cause where was where was
0: the set? Where were you doing stand up?
1: Uh, the belly room in the comedy store.
0: Okay, so you you're a comedy store girl. Did you ever do? Uh, what about what about Laugh Factory? What about? The...
1: I, I never did Laugh Factory. So I lived there for in LA for about like a year and a half, and before I moved to DC.
0: Okay, so do you do you remember at like do, what was what? I I, I hate this. I'm stopping myself from asking the question because I'm thinking, can I remember? Like, what was a do you have like a favorite joke or a favorite bit or something that you thought worked really well?
1: Well, my opening my opener back in those days was and keep in mind as I I, I was smoking cigs. Right. So like, my voice, my voice was like, really. And I wear this little bow in my hair. And I was like, really, really, really skinny. Like, I mean, I still kind of have like a middle school boy body, but like even more so because I was hungry. Um, <laughs> this is just true. Um, and I would just say like, I look like a nice little girl, but I sound like somebody who invites nice little girls into his van. And like <laughs> I worked because I did like, I cannot, my voice was like Patty and Selma level. Um, that's a great joke. Yeah. So that would, that was my opener. And that would be, um, just a lot of jokes about being super broke. I'm trying to remember other ones.
0: Yeah. Well, let me, now let me ask you this, and then and then, and then we'll circle back to uh, to to DC and and that move and and all that good stuff. Where what's your favorite room uh, in New York?
1: My favorite room in New York. I mean yeah. i I really like stand up New York because like they encourage you to like do try out new stuff. Yeah. And like it's just fun, and it's not like you don't feel like oh if like this doesn't work, then I'm blacklisted from ever working with any of these people again. Like you know what I mean. <laughs>
0: Well, that's – it's too funny, but I, I, I've i been fortunate enough a couple times, many, many moons ago, I did this Bass Ale Comedy Festival, and it was like one just summer in New York, and we would just bebop. Uh, it was like me and Bob Nelson, and I'm trying to think who else was on the show. Oh, my gosh. He's one of Sandler's buddies. He's in all the – oh, my gosh.
1: Rod anyway, Schneider.
0: No, 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 it's not Schneider. Me. No.
1: McDonald? No,
0: he's the guy. He's a comedian. He's originally from like Wisconsin. I think he's from Madison. Oh my gosh, what's the guy's name? He wrote I'm the
1: biggest Adam Sandler fan in the world.
0: Oh, well, we'll 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 talk. Well, we could talk Happy here.
1: Gilmore is my religion. So, who's
0: um... the who's the stand-up who who wrote uh the movie about the uh the white kid in Malibu who became a, a rapper? and he also wrote the uh a movie that he starred in where he was a a child star. Oh my gosh, it's going to drive me crazy. Me too. It's a, it's a funny. So anyway, we just went all over uh, New York. We did stand up New York, we did Carolines, we did Yeah, Carolines like, is fun. and and uh and I just fell in love with the comedy scene. Like it's it seems like it's so I mean, it's it's competitive everywhere you go. Everybody always wants right. to be like the funniest one, but like I just found like New York comics to be so much. They want you to try new stuff. They have ideas. Oh, you could do this with that. If you're doing that bit about knocking on the door, what if da da da? da. It's like right. It's just like a, a much more I, I can push you. And there's that, that vibe is lacking, lacking uh, in L A. Oh, I, so, I very much uh, think yeah you're in
1: L A. One thing I noticed is that, you know, a lot of, you know, New York is all about the, like, the craft of stand-up. And in L.A., it's like, well, you know, I'm like an actor, and my agent told me, like, I should try this. But, like, if you're the guy that was, like, had a, like, you know, a recurring role on Malcolm in the Middle, you're going to be headlining. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah yeah. You know.
3: Of paying outrageous prices for Viagra, well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to five hundred dollars on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of fifteen dollars per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than three dollars a pill? Call today and get forty Viagra pills for only ninety-nine dollars. This can cost as much as six hundred dollars at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us if you want Viagra at the lowest prices. Never pay fifteen dollars a
0: I'm thrilled today. I always like it when we have a guest. Just usually any guest will do, uh, like, you know, the dude that cuts the grass. That's a good good interview. That's a good get. But today, we've got my buddy Dave Landau on the show. Dave, what's going on, guy? Hola. Get it? Like the grass guy. Anyway, good. (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Uh, I'm hanging in there. It was quite, here's what happened last night, uh, everybody. Uh, we had our first show, the, the American Misfits pre-apocalypse comedy, either show or tour. What are we going with? Are we going with tour or show? I think we can just go with show. I liked the idea of show. Okay. All right.
2: Then let's do it. it. It reminds me of like a Monty Python flying circus sort of thing.
0: There you go. Yeah. It it definitely has the syllables for that. So uh, we were out in West Nyack, and then I got to do a very late night drive. Uh, I got to tell you, dude, I felt so cool. I felt so cool last night. So I <laughs> give I gave you a lift back to the hotel after our our wonderful evening of comedic extravaganzas. Correct. And and then I I I drove. I dude. I had I had to cross the Jersey line. To get back to Long Island, I want to cross the George Washington Bridge like at 1.30 in the morning. It was, fr- I, it was like fucking taxi driver, dude. It was awesome.
2: Yeah, there's nobody out. I love that time of night. Like, it's really like there's nobody there in New York. It's it's a little eerie. It's, it's dark. I, it's, it's my favorite time in New York is the middle of the night, as long as yeah. you're not on foot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's got um, – yeah, there's a different appeal there's there's a different appeal to the George Washington Bridge at night when no one's on it. Otherwise, uh, I think the George Washington Bridge was constructed by the devil himself and is a car magnet.
2: That's correct. It was actually designed by a guy named Gozer. And he, uh <laughs> He just attracts all demonic forces, God, I hate that. I used to live in Harlem, and the, yeah, just going anywhere at any time of the day was the absolute worst, and then going anywhere at one thirty two in the morning if you had to go somewhere, you're like wow this is this would be amazing if it was
0: this all the time wasn't that just, wasn't that one of the upsides of uh of rona like dude i I know I was going down to uh Texas. To do some shows. I was like the first comic back. At the Dallas Improv. And I went to JFK. And it was a ghost town. I got on the plane. There was like five people. It was like heaven. It was heaven.
2: Dude it was the best. I traveled. uh, I was in New York. Doing the Anthony Cumia show at the time. Where we were staying at his place in Long Island. So I would fly back and forth to Detroit every week. And it was the best. Like I would get off. I'd get a taxi or a like, or an Uber, no problem at all. Like you wouldn't have to wait even a second. People were just begging you. They're like, seriously, we'll, 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 the $5, $5 will take you anywhere. I just, need to, <laughs> I just need to eat. And uh, then you would get, yeah, no traffic. It would take 20 minutes. It was the greatest time. And no one would talk to you because they were afraid you might be sick like a zombie. Yeah. So you didn't have to have any awkward conversations. Like, nobody, everybody learned to be grossly antisocial during that time. And I, I don't mind being social, but I would prefer to be left alone. And oh, it was beautiful. No, not yes. not
0: even a look in your direction. That it's uh, I uh, I'm fond of those days. I'm fond of those days. Yeah. If you just get
2: off of a plane too and fake sneeze, they wouldn't even check your papers. Yeah, right? <laughs> They're like, "No, just go. We believe you. I'm sure you'll be
0: there for 14 days." Like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, sure." <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm looking at we're, we're like 6 minutes in and you you already kind of in a weird way reminded me what a what a horrible job I'm doing as a host cuz you you casually mentioned, "Oh, yeah, I was doing uh, Anthony Kumia uh, for for those handful of listeners that that don't know who you are." Uh, we should say uh, stand-up comedian, improvisational comic, uh, talented actor, great stand-up. Then you you somehow and we should get into this a little bit. You you started doing uh, radio with with Kumia. Yes. I always feel like I'm saying that wrong. And then you were in uh, Stephen Crowder's camp. You were spent uh, what? How how long were you over with Stephen Crowder?
2: Uh, just under two years. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, just under 2 years.
0: And now you are you're spreading your wings and flying solo. You've got a you got a deal over at at the Blaze. You've got this hilarious uh sketch comedy. I just watched the clip. You guys uh it's this really uh wonderfully done uh parody of uh that HBO show Euphoria, but yours yes. is what drug-phoria? Uh Drugtopia. Drugtopia. It's yes. It made me angry. That's how. That's yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is great, and then and then you get angry because like, oh God, that looks good. That looks just like oh, and then so yeah, I had to back away. <laughs> no, so, that's a, that's a good thing though. That's exactly like. Yeah, the cinematography
2: and the way that the cameras work and everything, it's very specific to our show to have that feel. And because we already have a certain feel to our show, that kind of flows like that visual anyway. It has yeah. that dark feeling to it. Um, but yeah, with that specifically, we wanted to capture the, the I guess, you know, the, the way that they just film everything and the, the glamorization mixed with the darkness of Euphoria because it's such a ridiculous show well in while doing like an h b o behind the scenes you know uh that they do on before they you know bring any new show in where we just had the two producers talking about like now we realize a show like this has never been done in the last two weeks, and what it is is about kids and sex and drugs, and we really think we found the secret sauce here which is <laughs> more sex and drugs. And we're just trying to kind of, in the most fun way possible, just shine a light on everything that's going on in the culture without making it too polarizing. Like, the idea is it's reality, but we're just a little bit further down the road, like maybe six months, maybe a year. And that's kind of what it's based on for Normal World, where it's nothing is... Nothing is really that exaggerated, but when you watch it, it seems insane. That's what I love about it. It's like we're living in these times, but we just look at it as a normal world. And that's really what the sketch concepts are all based on.
0: Dude, when you were ticking off the different variations of the sex that could happen <laughs> on the show, that's when I, I, was, I was dying. Because it's shit like that just always makes me laugh. You know, kids having sex with, you know, the neighbor's parents and then kids having sex with the teachers and kids having sex with the teacher's parents and the uncles and the aunts. Like the possibilities are endless. Yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah, and just end it with, you know,
2: high school, relatable. And if you don't think that it's relatable and you don't go to Twitter and say how great it is, everybody's going to think you're not cool. You know, just sort of, yeah. And so, of course, we have uh, a a pedophile who looks a lot like um, what's his name, the the Mister Rogers of England.
0: Oh uh, yeah,
2: I never forget that guy's name, Jimmy uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Savile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why there's like the Russian guy that pops in and is like, "I want <laughs> to make a movie show with tiny children." And we're like, "No, no, cut this." No um, <laughs> oh, tiny children <laughs> about this
0: tall, tiny little mouths.
2: <laughs> so it's like we, we still want to expose like the obvious disgustingness that is Hollywood and all the things that have happened with like Nickelodeon and stuff in, the, in that way but yeah we wanted to make sure he looked like Jimmy Savile so yeah just for our own
0: entertainment even if like people in America might not get the reference it's great because it's just so odd for people who don't for people who don't know it's just it's like oh that's that's odd and funny and good now here's, here's what I dig like um you were recently on on that show tonight. Yes, you know? thank you for and, having me. And d- dude, hilariously uh, funny—the uh, the the Price is Right skit was right up there. One of my uh, one of my favorites. People need to check that out. But this is what I love, and you know, I I talk about this on the show all the time. It's like people who actually do shit. Right, like I, I love that you have this show coming out, Normal World, and I'm 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 happy to be a part of that show tonight. And it's it's funny because like you're a comic from the Midwest, you're yeah. you're a you're a Detroit guy. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Started we started our careers uh, like in the same general neck of the woods. And I don't know, is there just something different about Midwestern people? Because I can't stand it if I see one more fucker like write a book. Like, here's how the left is destroying America. Here's how the left is using the culture. Here's how the liberals are using Hollywood to, and like, can someone please start creating stuff? Right? That's what I don't,
2: that's exactly what I want to do with like my new show, Normal World on the Blaze. And like, I remember when I was pitching it, we were talking about that show tonight. And there's so many ways to do this in a fun way. Where yes. it's like, it's like I, yeah, I can explain to you how it works or you can look into it and have your own But that's the thing. I, I don't even want to say have your own opinion, because I think that the great thing about sketch, like even like that show, like that show tonight or normal world is you are like your laughter is basically you understanding the joke or not. And that makes you aware of what's going on in the culture. You don't need it like spoon fed to you. Like I don't need to give you your opinions. You don't have to agree with me on everything. And the reality (laughs) is is like I don't agree with anything extreme on either side. I'm just a comedian though. And I do believe in the values of freedom of speech. And I do but I also like I'm from the Midwest. So I also I believe in being polite. So you're allowed to choose, you know, your speech all you want. Like it's like but you you're allowed to say and do what you want. And I think that's important. And expressing that through sketch, I think, is extremely important. So, yeah, to actually go out there and do it, I wish I had done it long before. Because we were always told in the Midwest, and you know this from starting there, like, you got to go to New York, you got to go to Hollywood. I was making videos on my dad's Zenith camcorder when I was like seven, eight years old. Yeah. It's like, and I look back at that, and that's the late 80s. Like, oh, I could have just invented YouTube. And then when YouTube came out, I, I should have been well aware of how to use it. But it was just cons- it was not even an option for show business. And now it's like, oh, you can actually create these, own, these sites, these shows, sell your own shows, do your own thing. Like the, the decades, at least a decade wasted waiting for somebody to like give you a late night spot or some other thing that would do nothing for your career. Yeah. So I'm so glad it's over. Like, there's that element of it, too, where it's like, oh, I can do my comedy. I can put it out there and I can actually do what I want. And I think what we're doing that is unique and different is we're we're putting out something that like we believe in. We're not waiting for approval on it. And we're not just doing the same redundant thing over and over again.
3: Well,
0: you, you really hit the nail right on the head. And and there's a lot to to get into there. Um, yeah, it's a lot to unpack. Which it's long really, year, it's like now you're you know living under the yoke of you know YouTube censorship and Facebook censorship, and I don't know. I mean, maybe we were talking about this during rehearsals for that show tonight, but like we were putting our little skits on uh, on TikTok as well because you know that's where the people are. Sorry. Sure. So you know, Facebook would not let us boost a single post. YouTube would not let us promote at all, and then TikTok, it was amazing. We would put a video up, dude, and it was wild to watch. We would get fifty thousand subscribers, honestly, in like five days. Yeah, it, it, it was crazy. And then, right at fifty thousand followers, TikTok would would just kick us off. You violated our our uh, terms of service. There was never any details or anything, and so that's. That's the frustrating part. So now, like, everybody, I think everybody else has their their fingers crossed, you know, no, Rumble. I had, I, I, oh, yeah. And I hope that, I hope
2: Rumble does work for that, you know. And there's a part <laughs> of it where, that happened with me, where I put it on, Insta- I put one sketch on Instagram, and if you look at it, it actually says, like, this can't be played in. It's like Bulgaria and like a couple other places it's banned <laughs> for um, man packs, Pearl Harbors, but they, they took it down and it was at over a million hits. And right. I said, this is not making fun of trans people. This is two guys jamming tampons in their urethra. That's all it is. Like you can't really say it's anything else, but so they put it back up. Yeah. So it's been up and it's got like, it's like 1.3 or 1.4 million. And it's like, when I did it on TikTok, it broke a million hits, and then they they cut the sound on it, and then they took it down. Jeez. And there was no fighting it because so many people attacked it. And when you look at it, like I do all these sketches in a certain way where I'm not deliberately attacking something. Like you can, well, when I mean, we are, but you can't just go. Well, he just said this nasty word, or he just did this, or whatever, to where. Like, there's plausible deniability in everything. Like, it's a weird dance you have to do. Yeah. And sometimes you lose. And that's what sucks, is is I think, as long as, if you want to put, like, a warning on it, that's fine. But you should never take down somebody's content while allowing, like, essentially real
0: sex on all these platforms. Yeah. It is, uh, it's, it's beyond r- ridiculous. And like, you know, the good news is, is like, you know, your show, uh, Normal World, when does that premiere? June 20th. June 20th. But, you know, you're involved with The Blaze. They're kind of like the studio behind it. So hopefully they'll have some legal resources. But that's the other, like, really, like, dystopian thing about all this. Like, I have been flagged, for obvious jokes on like like freaking obvious jokes at the, the loftest party Facebook page. Yeah. And then it, it's like there you have no recourse. You know, you appeal it and they go no. And then you they have like one more like higher court you can go to and they just say no. And like there's no office to call, there's no uh, you know, email, there's there's nothing that you can do. And so like reality is just so uh skewed especially for like young people now they have no idea they go on to google and they go those those are the answers those are you know that's just that's just the the hard cold facts and they have no idea that you know the results are being skewed or people are being censored and and no or one that it's
2: being catered to you so you're not actually going to learn anything new and you're not actually going to develop thoughts or find new things like really that was the essential essentially the good thing about libraries and reading and that's why it's you really have to encourage that i don't even mean airport reading because if you go there you walk in and it's just 20 books on you know how america's garbage (laughs) and your garbage and 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 how to cure racism yeah and you know it's like i mean you really have to dig if you want to learn about you know history culture why things are because it's all catered to you through gathering your techno, through through gathering what you search and what you buy. Because yeah. I bought it. Don't get me wrong. I've been suckered into it. I've bought stuff where, and not even suckered. I mean, I think it's cool. And then people are like, "Where did you find something like that?" It's like this didn't just pop up on your Instagram feed. Because I got <laughs> it. got a really easy. Really, you didn't. You you didn't you don't know where I found a hat with the mohawks baseball from major league <laughs> you don't just get that
0: <laughs> it is uh it, it's it's wild but like you know what uh we're doing it we're doing the thing and and I'm really really I'm just I'm just over the 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 talky complainer people and it's just it's just not that hard and it's a huge space and there's room for everyone like I, I legitimately want everyone to succeed who's, like, creating content. I don't, you know, like, writing a novel, writing a song. I don't know if you've heard about that. There's there's this dude, uh, Five Times August. Phenomenal musician. Phenomenal singer-songwriter. And it's like, I I just, I really don't see why, like, everyone on the right, just, like, buy that dude's album. Just buy that dude's album. And look and, no. him and, create a shit ton more watch your show D- you know give normal world phenomenal ratings and then everybody goes oh my god we got to do more of that everybody subscribe to that show tonight it's just it's it's not that it's not that hard that's what drives me crazy it's
2: not and the the problem is is like there's this lack of appreciation of content like you have a, a rapper like Tom McDonald who's very successful but like he just put out a shirt the other day sending all the money to uh, uh uh troops you know for memorial weekend that have, have dealing with mental problems and you know he was a disaster for a good part of his life and then his last 10 years have been great you know it's a lot like jelly roll who's amazing i got i interviewed that guy before he exploded in the last couple of years and uh the, the thing about like a rapper like tom mcdonald it's like it he'll never it, it's like you can't be mainstream you have to help create the mainstream and so he's massively successful playing but we're not mainstream yet. And then we have a lot of people that are very, very critical on our own side who want to be like, Well, I don't know if this is a bit too far, or if this is a bit it's like I, I prefer rock music to rap, I'm sorry. it's not yes. like it's not the point, you idiot. The point <laughs> is you have to support what's coming from that side to get that to get a message out that you think is important. It doesn't matter how it's delivered, like I'm sorry the guy has tattoos on his face. But if you listen to what he's saying, that vet, veterans with mental disorders is a reason why there's so much homelessness in this country and they're not being cared for. Why do you care what the messenger might might not be the stifled version of a You know, the old button down Reagan version of a conservative Yes, right? somebody who's not extreme left. It's like you just you have to. It's the same with comedy and stuff like, yeah. I swear in my act I'm dark, but a lot of it, and I bring it up in my act, is going and talking about my dad and Agent Orange and all this other stuff. It's like my life got messed up for a certain reason, and my beliefs are because of these events. So I have to share that with the audience as truthfully as possible. So that's and that's fine if that creates a bit of uncomfortableness or tension, or maybe it's not for you, or it's a little too dark. But it's like, or maybe you love it, whatever. But it's like supporting it is is very, very important. And that's what I like about Sketch 2 In that show tonight. It's like, look, you might not, you don't have to like every single thing we do, but understand the reason we're doing it is because that's really what this country needs to be again.
0: Yes. And and it's it's wild, but it's like, and, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back too much or, you know, get, get up on the cross, but like we got to establish a beachhead. Like you have to, you have to, you have to be the first guy on Omaha Beach, you know, and it's like, okay, so here we are. We have this little piece of real estate. Now we can start building. Uh, Daily Wire's doing it great. I think Blaze is doing a nice job.
1: Oh, huge yeah, shout yeah, out to Chad,
0: to Chad Prather when he oh, Chad, showed up. Great. Yeah, yeah. That was great. There's a chance uh, I might have lost the call. But this might yeah, be a good break. You're good. You're good. Oh, okay. It dropped for a quiet. second. It dropped for a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? This is great. This is uh that's the Lord telling us that we're going to take a little bit of a commercial break. We're going to come back with more show and there's going to be more Dave Landau. We're going to, we're going to get into some, some more shenanigans on the Patreon segment of the show. So you guys. Come on over to Patreon, and uh, we're going to have more with the hilarious uh, Dave Landau, who has one of the finest Photoshop people in on planet Earth. Either it's you or in your employ. Uh, you, you do some quality Photoshop work, my friend. Thank you. I wish I could take credit. It's rarely me.
2: But I, uh, uh, I do uh, have the right person who does it for me and I work with. And I may you know, I've made a few of them, obviously. But uh, I like—I have a, a group of people that I work with on videos and everything, and we kind of all
0: help each other in different things in show business. So that's great. But, and if yeah. you if you want to see an example of this, uh, go to either uh, Dave's Instagram uh, or the Loftus Party Instagram or com and look up uh, American Misfits. There's that's some fine, fine promotional material right there courtesy of dave's mysterious photoshop friend i love you as a uh, as a group and as individuals i will talk to you in mere moments as we all go over to the patreon <laughs> ta off.